Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Today on Not Sam Wrestling, this is it. It's WrestleMania week. The greatest WrestleMania 39 preview show you'll hear anywhere in the world starts right now on Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Oh my God, can you believe we're actually here? Can you believe it's actually happening? We talk about it and we talk about it and we build and we build and we speculate wildly. And it has finally arrived. We are on the precipice of greatness. WrestleMania 39 is officially upon us. This is WrestleMania week. This is the last Not Sam Wrestling non-Patreon show before WrestleMania 39, and I, for one, am flabbergasted by how fast time has gone. I can't believe we're here. It seems like uh, uh, just a couple of weeks ago that we were witnessing Stone Cold Steve Austin dropping stunners on Kevin Owens, and now a year has passed. The world, as we know it in this world of sports entertainment, has changed, and WrestleMania 39 is knocking on our door. Welcome to WrestleMania Week. And the way we're starting WrestleMania Week, of course, if you're going out to Los Angeles for the show of shows, come to the podcast of podcasts first. Wednesday night, 8 p.m. at the world-famous Comedy Store in Los Angeles, California. Yes, the same venue where Netflix was doing the, the Chris Rock uh, pre-show. Yes, the same venue where Andy Kaufman Got his chops up. Yeah, you know, future Hall of Famer, Andy Kaufman. Yes, that comedy store. You can come see Not Sam Amania live at the comedy store. Tickets are at notsamlive.com. And this guest list just exploded over the week. We're talking about Medusa, who will be signing books before the show. We're talking about Medusa. We're talking about Baron Corbin. We're talking about Dolph Ziggler. We're talking about X-Pac. We're talking about Kathy Kelly. Mike Rome will be there. Uh, uh, will Sasso will be there. So many. And surprises galore, I'm sure. Hot Dog will be there, for God's sakes. I will be there as a, a ringleader and master of ceremonies. Get them tickets at NotSamLive.com now while you still can. Now, before we dive into WrestleMania, before we get in deep, uh, I do want to say that even if this weren't WrestleMania week, you know, it's interesting because there's, there's at least 
two full podcasts worth of stuff, non-WrestleMania related, that happened this week that we're just not going to get to. I mean, the last episode of AEW Dynamite, Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite was, I thought, a phenomenal, phenomenal show. Uh, I thought some of the most concise uh, stories were being told on that show that have happened in some time on AEW. I, I, I thought transitioning in and out of segments was really good and, and pretty importantly, the matches were good. Headlining that show with Kenny Omega versus Vikingo was was just incredible. And what a match. That's what AEW, I think, should be all about. That show is an example of, I think, when AEW is at its best, which is you tell these great stories, which are bringing everybody in. Because ultimately, nobody wants just wrestling fans. You don't want people that are just watching. Because if I go to a non-wrestling fan, right? And I go, oh, you got to watch this show. There's a great match on it. They're going to go like, all right, uh, maybe I'll get to it. Maybe I won't, but I don't appreciate it. The same way if somebody's like, hey, there's no drama in this football game, but some of the plays were really good. I'd say, yeah, I'll probably take your word for it. I, I, you know, you're probably right. But I don't know that I need to see it for myself. When it's storyline driven, that's when... You can capture imaginations and all of a sudden people that wouldn't normally care about a wrestling show are caring about a wrestling show. I think that AEW, when it's at its best, is telling stories, is is starting with a with a with a story segment, is doing interview segments, is 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 building factions battling each other and superstars battling each other and half the roster trying to to build themselves up so that they can get a shot at MJF's. AEW championship and MJF trying to fend off as many challengers as he can by not taking on any of them and being a coward. All this stuff going on. Meanwhile, while they've drawn you in, they're also going to expose you to matches like Kenny Omega versus Vikingo. This is not for the fan that already has a subscription to New Japan World or is already watching triple a pay-per-views and is already familiar with all this this is so this is an acknowledgement that the stuff that's going on around the world be it in triple a new japan wherever is this phenomenal product and how do we get it in front of as many eyes as possible well we tell some great stories around a match that's that good and i think that's what made AEW dynamite so good this week uh you also had all the cm punk drama going on on instagram which I just loved. I don't know if that makes me a bad person, but the idea that, that that CM Punk is finally getting his side of the story, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that CM Punk steps out of, of AEW and steps away from the spotlight, and save for maybe Dax Harwood on his podcast, everybody else that's talking is coming from the other perspective. So I would have to imagine that CM Punk probably feels like in the, all the drama that happened building up to and following Brawl Out that the anti-CM Punk story is getting out there and Punk must feel like his side of the story isn't. I'm trying to be an empath and just seeing it, a devil's advocate specifically from his side of the story. I think that's probably where he's getting that from. I don't think it helps anybody to go public with all this, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I'd be thrilled if that was going on, but, uh, 
not only is it super interesting to hear his perspective on everything that happened, but even more interesting is that with all his love of pop culture, he's got a Pepsi logo on his arm. He's got a G.I. Joe logo on the other arm. This is a guy, he loves music. He loves things outside of professional wrestling. And we find out this guy has never seen the Rocky movies. He's never seen one Rocky movie. No Rocky, no Creed, no nothing. I mean, I'm not a sports guy, but even I love Rocky movies. Who's what, I've never met a person. Somebody's like, I don't really like Rocky. I go, you're just, what are you, searching for a hot take? What, you just need to be different? It doesn't exist. That person who's like, oh, this Rocky movie I just watched, it wasn't that good. That's not an honest person you're dealing with. So the fact that Punk hasn't even treated himself to those Rocky movies is, well, it's jaw-dropping, quite frankly. But before we go uh, way too far down paths that are not related to what is happening this week, let's steer onto the right road. And let's talk about the fact that this is WrestleMania week. Now, of course, the Not Same Wrestling podcast comes out every Monday morning, which means... That as we're discussing, as we're building to the show of shows, we have not yet seen Monday Night Raw. And of course, we haven't seen WrestleMania SmackDown. But let's start there, all right? I want to go over WrestleMania 39 match by match. Because I don't think any more matches are going to be announced. I think every match that we expected would be announced has been announced. And I think we're looking at a card right now on the main show, just matches, because you're going to get a segment or two over the course of both nights that are more than just the match. But we're looking at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 announced matches. Six on one night, seven on another, I would imagine. Um, but let's talk about first uh, the build. Let's talk, I'm gonna, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about the build to WrestleMania. Then we're gonna talk about the matches and then we'll close with the rumors. So the build, I think... Uh, has been designed in such a way where it is sneaking up on you, right? There are a few matches that it felt like they were building up the WrestleMania card quickly, that a lot of these matches were announced pretty early. But then some of the matches, whether it be the story that we were getting between the Usos and Sammy and Kevin or Ray and Dom specifically, took forever to actually be announced. But I think the key there is that the story was brewing the entire time. I don't, I don't, every match on this show, save for maybe the showcase matches, an effort has been made to put in a, a story and we'll get to it match by match when we get there. Uh, but it's not necessarily been told in the way that WrestleMania builds have been told historically. I think that the, this is, one that's got Triple H's hands all over it. I think it's very interesting. I think it's a good thing. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. What I will say is that I feel as though the WrestleMania goes Hollywood vignettes were completely underutilized. You go WrestleMania 21, 18 years ago, and still as of Elimination Chamber, there were people going. Ooh, I hope they go back to doing those vignettes. Ooh, I hope they go back to doing those vignettes. When you walk the halls of WWE HQ in Stamford, Connecticut, there are photos of Eddie Guerrero and Booker T dressed up like Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction. 
There are photos of Triple H dressed up like Braveheart. I mean, the WrestleMania goes Hollywood movie parody vignettes were so good that people are still talking about them 18 years later. And we got a taste of them, right? We got that Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, uh, Joker, WrestleMania goes Hollywood thing, which didn't work for me because it was two different Joker movies. I didn't understand what they were going for, right? I liked Seth Rollins as the Joker in the latest Joker movie, right? I thought that was perfect for Seth. But then when they kind of branched out and made it so that it was also the Joker from The Dark Knight, I was like, you lost me. And maybe I'm holding on too tight. Maybe I am too hung up on cinematic integrity, but I'll never apologize for wanting things done right. And they lost me on that one. Bianca Belair and Montez Ford doing the Titanic is fun. I mean, Titanic came out in 1998, but it was fun. But I'm sitting there going like, you couldn't give me something. They got Rob Fee, for God's sake. Rob Fee is writing movies. Rob Fee, you can't give me more WrestleMania Goes Hollywood vignettes, Rob Fee? Somebody get the word out to him. You couldn't have given me something. Can you imagine the Barbarian? Remember Barbarian? You guys see that movie, Barbarian? It was fantastic. You couldn't have done something with Barbarian? There's so much you could have done with Barbarian. What about the menu? Everybody was talking about that movie, The Menu. You couldn't have put, I don't know who you put. You couldn't have put, I mean, who's on the show? You couldn't have put a, a, a Rhea Ripley in a chef outfit or something like that. You couldn't have put, I mean, almost in a, in a chef outfit. Would have looked hilarious. You couldn't have made it so that Brock Lesnar had this restaurant full of people, something. You couldn't have given me something with the menu. What about Creed? We were just talking about it. We knew Creed 3 was coming out right before WrestleMania, but we also knew Creed 1 and Creed 2 were such a hit. <coughs> Why not do a Creed? Why not do something with Creed? Why not, I mean, throw Gunther in there in the boxing ring, huh? Give me a Creed parody. What about everything, everywhere, all at once? Of course, we couldn't have predicted that this thing was going to sweep the, the Academy Awards, but we did know that everybody was talking about this movie even before the Academy Awards. This was the movie of the summer. Everybody's talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. They're talking about it everywhere, all at once. You couldn't have given me some like multiverse going on with like uh, uh, Edge, even Logan Paul or something like that, Austin Theory all over the place. You couldn't have given me that and googly eyes and everything. I know they did 40 year old virgin with the brawling brutes. That's fun. It was fun. It was good. Four-year-old virgin came out in the early 2000s, but you couldn't have given me something with Black Panther. I understand you don't want to do Shazam. It's tied in too closely with Black Adam. We don't want to ruffle the rock's feathers. That's fine. You couldn't give me a Black Panther parody? I mean, you literally have MVP dressing up like a character from Black Panther. He has gear designed after the character from Black Panther. You couldn't have given me the Hurt Business in a Black Panther parody? You couldn't have given me a John Wick parody i would have been sitting there going look john wick 4 is coming out a week before wrestlemania everybody loves john wick we got so many guys that would look great in one of those john wick suits you don't think drew mcintyre what about becky lynch in a john wick suit take becky lynch out of that joker thing with seth have seth be the joker i'm good with that and they're like oh they could have put becky in this thing nope becky's got her own thing becky in a john wick suit just destroying everybody Becky Lynch's John Wick would have been the greatest thing in the world. Well, whatever. Maybe I'm just tied up because of my love for movies. But let's get into uh, 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 WrestleMania itself. So 
as tradition has stood over the last couple of weeks, uh, years. WrestleMania starts with WrestleMania SmackDown. And this is especially interesting this year because uh, we did find out that on WrestleMania SmackDown, we will get the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And the reason that that is so interesting is because of the names listed. You've got uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler. You've got Mustafa Ali. Bronson Reed, who I think people wondered, you know, especially after Elimination Chamber, is there going to be something for him at WrestleMania? He's going to be in the Battle Royal. you got Hit Row, one of the big uh, Triple H returns. Where do they end up? They end up in the Andre Battle Royal. The Good Brothers, another big Triple H return, Battle Royal. And then you got some big stars. Johnny Gargano is in the SmackDown Battle Royal. Andre the Giant carrying Cross, who, when Cross came back, I think people wondered if he wouldn't be right there itching for that main event spot with Cody, the way he was treated in NXT. He's in the Andre Battle Royal, and then the big ones, L.A. Knight, who has been talking about making an L.A. moment at WrestleMania, and Bobby Lashley, who up until a couple of weeks ago was being advertised to face Bray Wyatt, both advertised as being in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Now, first, who do I see winning? You know, Baron Corbin is in this. Baron Corbin has won the Battle Royal before. Will it be his night? Hmm. The way things have been going for Corbin, unfortunately, I would either, so I think Bronson Reed would be a shoe in it depends on what you want to do. If you want to give the winner of the Battle Royal, like, this is the guy. This is going forward. Just keep your eye on this guy after WrestleMania. Be thinking about him the Monday night after WrestleMania. Do we want somebody carrying that trophy as like, okay, this is going to be a threat to everybody? then I think Bronson Reed would be a really good pick. And it's also like it, it, it adds on to that. How do you get a guy like that over the top rope? I also think like, look, I've made no secret about how much of a fan I am of Ali's new power of positive thinking gimmick. I If I were in the writer's room, I'd probably be pitching to give Ali the Andre Memorial Battle Royal. Have him, you know, win through chicanery and hijinks. But... Have him come out of it going like, that's because I was thinking positive. That's because, you know, and and keep it going. Right, where he's clearly full of it because he cheated or did something with chicanery to win. But he's blaming his mindset. He's, 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 he's crediting, I should say, his mindset on winning the Battle Royal. Now, what does this mean for LA Knight and Lashley? We'll talk about it when we talk rumors, okay? We'll come back to those two because uh, that's a big deal. Let's get into WrestleMania proper. Let's get in to night one and night two, April 1st, April 2nd, Saturday and Sunday, WrestleMania in Los Angeles, California, of course. Of course, you have The Miz hosting both nights. Um, and with The Miz hosting, it's like, he's not necessarily involved in any specific storyline right now. So you could just see The Miz coming out between matches to grab some cheap heat. Uh, I wouldn't be like, if I were, if I were utilizing the Miz, okay, I'd probably have him out for two or three segments on Saturday. And then on Sunday, have him come out for his second segment. And some of them could be backstage. He doesn't have to keep coming out to the ring, right? Because that would really disrupt the show. Maybe opens the show on Saturday. Maybe he has a backstage segment. And then later on in the show, 
is obnoxious at ringside. Maybe opens the show on Sunday, maybe halfway through the card comes out, and then what I would do is I'd fly Pat McAfee in and just give him a spot where he knocks out The Miz. That's all. He doesn't, if you want to throw him on commentary after that to wrap up the night, people would love it, obviously. But I think people love McAfee so much that Miz is 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 ripe for the picking. Having McAfee come out and knock out the Miz would be a WrestleMania moment. And then that's something, I mean, I guess you could do it in Puerto Rico if you really wanted to, but I feel like that's something you could stretch out and have Pat McAfee versus the Miz at SummerSlam, right? You don't have the Miz from April to August going, I'm still so mad at Pat McAfee. You have the Miz move on to something else. But once SummerSlam rolls around, we can get McAfee back out there. And, you know, McAfee versus the Miz is one of those stories where you can have the McAfee do TV once or twice. He goes out there, he beats the Miz, everybody has a great time, and everybody gets to see Pat McAfee. That's probably the way I would handle it. Um, you got two WrestleMania tag team showcase matches, one for the men, one for the women. I would imagine that these are separated. Uh, I would say, based on the star power of having Ronda Rousey in the women's match, uh, I would probably put that on night two, I guess. Um, but you may have storyline implications. Who knows? But uh, night one is, uh, oh, I'm sorry, men's showcase tag matches. Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus the Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders versus Alpha Academy. I feel like this is just going to be a really good kind of buffer match. Just something where it's like, okay, we've done something storyline heavy. Now let's throw these guys out there to just do some really great wrestling you know, you're you're guaranteed to have a moment with Otis. That's probably how the match ends. Somebody getting a fall over Gable because Otis is distracted by the models, who are also in the Battle Royal, by the way. Um, I think you're going to have uh, a Montez spot. He's going to do some kind of spectacular off-the-top rope thing. And then something super powerful from Braun Strowman. Um, I would imagine Braun Strowman and Ricochet will probably win. Uh yeah, I mean, I'd love to see the Viking Raiders win or the Street Profits, but I would imagine Braun Strowman and Ricochet will win when Braun Strowman pins Gable. And then in the women's tag team showcase match, you've got Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Shotzi and Natalya versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus, I think it's TBA. I, I don't think the fourth team has been named yet, uh, as of this recording anyway, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, I feel like it's it's a way to get Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. It's Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler together. I would think Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler definitely, definitely, definitely win this match and then go on to compete for the Tag Team Championship at WrestleMania Backlash. And I think Ronda and Shayna probably go on to have the women's tag title match at WrestleMania backlash in Puerto Rico. So, which I think is good, right? I think it's, I, I think that while this isn't the biggest match on the show, it elevates the women's tag team division who need it far more than the men do. And hopefully you'll come out of this feeling like you've got a women's tag team title match that you can put in the main event of a show. Or maybe not the main, main event of a show, but at least like a pay-per-view match that you go, okay, it's a big match. Um, 
You got the Intercontinental Championship on the line. It was made official. This is something that many speculated on. I think uh, this is not a surprise that this is where it went, but Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. I think whatever night you put this on, you're dealing with a potential show stealer. I think you got a guy like uh, Gunther, who that's all he does is is go out there to go like, look, I take this super seriously, and I'm here to be the best at this. You've got Sheamus, who wants to show the world that he's still got it. You still got it. And then you got Drew, who like, you know, talk to him. He'll tell you. I still haven't gotten my moment. I want to prove to the people that I'm entitled to that moment. I want to prove to the people that 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 this is still here for me, that I haven't gotten that moment, not because of me, but because of the decisions that they made. And I've come to WrestleMania to, to show how wrong they were in making those decisions. Um, they've done such a good job of building this match up in the sense that the way they got to the triple threat was that they've shown Sheamus and Drew to be absolute equals, whether it's getting two pinfalls at the same time in the, in the you know, multi-person match, whether it's the fact that if it's a ton of people in the ring, everybody's getting beaten up except for Sheamus and Drew. They're doing an almost identical amount of offense, and neither one looks better than the other when it comes to the two of them exchanging blows. Then you've got Gunther, who's the king here. I mean, this guy has held the Intercontinental Championship longer. I think he's like the fourth longest reign right now. And he keeps defending it and he keeps just destroying people. It is so good to see Gunther still maintain the essence of what Gunther is and just dominate the main roster. I think that that this is a match that also really lends credibility to the idea that if you work hard and become undeniable, you will get to where you want to be. I think that Sheamus and Gunther was put on uh, the UK pay-per-view, Clash the Castle, because they knew it would be a good match, but also because it was like great UK representation. And that match was such a good match. That match was such a contender for best match of the year that... They were like, we need something like that. What can make this even bigger for WrestleMania? I don't think that any when they put that match on Clash at the Castle, they were like, yep, and then we'll extend it to WrestleMania, but there was really no other option once they got to where they went. Um, there's So uh, there's two ways I feel about this, right? I think that Gunther coming out of WrestleMania as a contender for the world title is a big possibility. And I think that in order to get there, you would have to have him lose the Intercontinental Championship. I think that it would be the right thing. I know, and you go like, oh, I get it. That means that you could have Drew pin Sheamus or Sheamus pin Drew, and that way Gunther still looks strong. And it's like, no. I always think, like, there are, are, are times when that finish works, and there are other times when that finish is noncommittal. I think that if somebody's going to take the Intercontinental title from Gunther, they should pin Gunther. Right, it should be that. Oh my God, that that this is the moment that makes you undeniable. Because otherwise, somebody has taken that title, but they haven't brought with them the credibility that comes with taking the title from Gunther. So I think if you're going to give it to McIntyre or Sheamus, 
And it would be, you know, the story, I guess, would lend to Sheamus getting the title because that's the one title he's never had. But I would think you'd have to have Sheamus finally pin Gunther, right? I think that would be the move. All that said, I think that there are a lot of, of, of moving parts here with this WrestleMania. We'll get into how the status of the bloodline and the Judgment Day could completely shift based on the various matches at this WrestleMania in a moment. But here, right, based on matches, if Gunther, here's the positive, the positive of Gunther losing the title is that he could be entered into the world title scene. The negative or the positive of Gunther retaining the Intercontinental Championship is that theoretically, if Gunther retains and the world champion does not, well, now Gunther has left WrestleMania as the longest reigning champion in WWE. If the bloodline goes down, see, there's if the bloodline goes down in their matches, there's more to it than just the bloodline going down. The bloodline has had a stranglehold over the WWE for like two years now almost. So it's like, or yeah, two years. So it's like, if the bloodline goes down, not only are they no longer in charge, but you can have a world where Gunther is the longest reigning champion. You can have a world where the Judgment Day is the most dominant faction. You can have all this other stuff going on that has nothing on paper to do with the bloodline. It's all There's so much butterfly effect to all that happening. So if we're going to have... Roman and the Usos lose, I would probably prefer that Gunther wins. Honestly, either way, I prefer Gunther wins. I just love Gunther so much. The last thing I want to do is see that guy lose. And I I either want to see Gunther win or Gunther lose. I don't want to see him lose through somebody else getting pinned. So I'm going to go with Gunther wins. That's what I'd like to see. You got the six-person tag. Good amount of women's matches on this show, by the way. I love, I love, this is what I, I, I ask for. I love that we have a women's match on this WrestleMania show that is not, it is a story-driven match that is not for a championship. There's actually, it's just a story. And you're talking about a showcase. I mean, this is a generational showcase. Damage Control, which is uh, Bailey, Dakota Kai, EO Sky versus Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, and Lita, a super team if there ever was one. WrestleMania 39, Trish Stratus and Lita teaming with Becky Lynch. And it's three of the hottest stars that the any women's division in WWE or anywhere else has ever seen. Um, I, it's, I mean, it's got to be the happy ending that we're going for, right? It has to be. At some point, Becky's going to get back in contention for a world title. You know, it's, I mean, it, there's no way Damage Control wins this match. And I know Damage Control, unfortunately, loses more than they probably should. But I don't think this match is the one where they get back on their winning feet. I mean, it's possible, but if Damage Control were to win this match, it would be one of those where you'd kind of go, huh. Look, I'm not mad because I like everybody that's in Damage Control, but I don't really get where they're going. I don't understand why that just happened. And will they win just so they can lose the next night on Raw? I never liked that, but yeah. Um, you've got a WWE United States Championship match. 
where we've had one great promo. And John Cena is not advertised, I don't think, for Raw or SmackDown this week. And I would imagine that they wouldn't have him on as a surprise as it's been proven. Follow the science. Just look at the numbers. John Cena is a ratings draw, period. End of discussion. So I guess we're not getting anything out. Luckily, the John Cena promo with Austin Theory was really, really strong. I think Austin Theory has got to drop something really strong on Raw and or SmackDown this week. And who knows, maybe we will get some kind of appearance from John Cena to help build this up. Once we get there, seeing John Cena in a ring is going to be utterly, utterly great. Uh, you know, I personally, I feel like in this scenario, John Cena has come back to lose a lot. I, I, I think, you know, whether it's against Roman, whether it's either time with Roman, you know, going out, it just doesn't, it feels like you almost know that if John Cena is coming back, he's coming back to lose. And I, I, I think that while, yes, you go, well, he's not going to be here every week, so he should be putting somebody over. If you have somebody like that who puts somebody over every single time they come back, then you're not going to get that same thing. Like there's not as much star power as John Cena has at some point, people are going to go, well, I mean, I'm excited, but we know he's just coming back to lose. Even if it's sort of bubbling under the surface, even if you kind of, it goes without being said, even if it's in the subconscious, I think it affects things when that happens. So for me, I'm not against John Cena beating Austin Theory at WrestleMania. I think John Cena beats Austin Theory at WrestleMania for a couple of reasons. Number one, everybody would be so excited. Nobody would see it coming. And it would add to John Cena's stock that when he comes back, he might win. That's important. I think that the move for would be to have John Cena come out on Raw on Monday and say, well, I guess I'm back. It's time to reopen the United States Championship Open Challenge. Because if you're going to have somebody either debut or return to WWE on the Raw after WrestleMania, what better way than to do it in a United States Championship Open Challenge against John Cena? You look at what that moment was for Sami Zayn. Even though he got injured, it was still like, you, you look at what that did for Kevin Owens. Forget it. Forget it. So, I mean, if you've got John Cena as the champion coming to Raw and going, well, I guess the challenge is open. You want some? Come get some. And then like a Braun Breakers music hits. So really you're going, well, why are we burying Austin Theory? Well, we're not burying Austin Theory. Austin Theory is not losing so that John Cena can get a rub. Austin Theory is losing so that Braun Breaker can get a rub. Because if Braun Breaker shows up to Monday Night Raw on the Raw after WrestleMania and beats John Cena for the United States Championship, I think we're starting things off on the right foot with this kid. I mean, holy Toledo. And I don't know if you can get uh, 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 John Cena to come back 
and do a, a another match at like WrestleMania Backlash or something. But you have, because I mean, people have also, you could have Jay White. I don't know if Jay White's coming to WWE, but if Jay White's, can you do the same thing with Jay White? But I think Braun Breaker is the one people want to see. I think that pop of Braun Breaker coming out to challenge John Cena would tell the whole story. John, Braun Breaker is a baby face. So Braun Breaker wins the title and now leading to Puerto Rico, leading to WrestleMania backlash, Austin Theory is chasing Braun Breaker. Austin Theory wants to win his title back from Braun Breaker. And the first big Braun Breaker pay-per-view title match is Austin Theory versus Breaker. That's probably how I would like to take this. If you've got that match with John Cena. Again, this is wild speculation. But if you've got to, if you can get John to come back and get squashed on Raw, John, got good news. We're going to give you a great glory moment. We'll have a good match at WrestleMania. You'll come out on top. You'll get to hold a title in the air one more time in a WrestleMania ring in front of 80,000 people at SoFi Stadium. But the Steiner kids got to squash you on Monday Night Raw. Do we have a deal, John? What's the money? What's the check? Okay, we have a deal. Yeah, I think I think we can get it done. I think it'd be worthwhile. And I think that that would do more for Braun Breaker than A, Austin Theory beating John Cena at WrestleMania would do for Austin Theory, and B, it would do more for Braun Breaker than it would take away from Austin Theory, in my opinion. I think Austin Theory could recover from that easily. Uh, you've got uh, Brock Lesnar versus the giant Amos. Now, look, a lot of people have been very critical of this match. A lot of people have used this match to say, oh, I see Vince's back. And it's not a good Vince's back. It's a bad Vince's back. And, you know, all this, you talk about wild speculation. It's been wrapped around this match because people can't believe it. They thought maybe we're getting Brock versus uh, Bray. Maybe we're getting another Brock Lashley match. Brock versus Amos. But when you had the two of them in a ring together on Monday Night Raw, just them standing there, the crowd was chanting, either this is awesome or holy S-word. I don't remember exactly what the chant was, but it was they were very much approving of it. And looking at the way Brock Lesnar was reacting to Omas, looking at the way Brock Lesnar was reacting to his fist, looking at the way Brock Lesnar was reacting to standing nose to nose with that guy, if that doesn't show you how good Brock Lesnar is at this whole professional wrestling thing, I don't know what will. Brock Lesnar put on a masterclass of how in a very limited amount of time you can make people care about a match that they thought they weren't going to care about. It's very, very simple. But why would you do this? Why would you do that? It's very simple. The reason this match is happening is because A, Brock Lesnar is not fighting for the world title, which means he's not fighting for any title, right? What are you going to put him in a, have him beat Austin Theory for the U.S. It doesn't, that wouldn't make any sense. He's not fighting for the world title because he's already fought Roman Reigns twice in the last 365 days. At least, maybe more. There's no reason for it. Number two, he doesn't have any sort of big hot stories and he's not turning heel. That's a big part of this, right? That Brock is not going to turn heel. So if you're not fighting for a title, you're not going to turn heel. What do you, I mean, he could fight LA Knight. 
but whoever he's fighting is getting squashed. That's the point. That, like, that's what people aren't getting. That, like, you want to see Bray Wyatt versus Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar would eat him for lunch. You're talking about going back to the Saudi show and Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet. Everybody's like, I'm so happy Ricochet's getting this opportunity. To what? Get clobbered by Brock Lesnar? Is that what you want as a Ricochet fan? As a Bra If you're a Bray Wyatt fan, you're like, oh, we could have had Bray versus Brock Lesnar. You understand that Brock Lesnar would destroy Bray Wyatt? Destroy. There'd be only, that's the only way that match would go. Months of work put into the Bray Wyatt character would be done because Brock Lesnar would eat him and then defecate him and then pin him. And you can't go back to telling ghost stories if you've been defecated in a ring at WrestleMania. It can't happen. So what are we left with? We don't want to squash anybody. We don't have a title match. We don't have a heel turn. What kind of spectacle can we put on? Well, we got this eight-foot giant over here that looks like he fell off Jack's beanstalk. What if we put a big giant in the ring with Brock Lesnar? Yeah, I'd pay money to see that. I'd pay money to see Brock Lesnar put an eight-foot guy in the F5. Yeah, I'd pay for that. I literally was watching a video this week where it said, Brock Lesnar F5s everybody, but they keep getting bigger. It was a great video. WWE put it out on their YouTube. And it started with like Dom or Ray, Finn Balor, and it goes up and up to the point where you're like watching young Brock F5 Mark Henry. And then finally, it ends with the big show. And the way Brock like picks these guys up in the F5, especially like the Mark Henry one, it's like, it's not like Mark Henry is pushing himself and Brock is just balancing. You can see the leg strength that Brock is using to just hoist these guys, to squat them up on his shoulders. It's unbelievable. So why are we seeing this match? Because watching Brock Lesnar, F5, an eight-foot giant, is going to be on highlight reels forever. So why not? We'll get to a Brock story later in, later on in the year. By the time we get to Detroit, I'm sure we'll have something juicy for Brock. But if we don't have anything juicy for Brock, don't just have him squash somebody. Have him F5 a giant. I think that's what we're getting at with uh, Amos. Uh, then you got Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. Uh, I think the story's been really well told. I think it's cemented. Talk about two guys, by the way, who have uh, flipped their roles Logan Paul pretty effortlessly went from being a babyface to a heel. I think that was because when he was a babyface, everybody was booing him. So they were like, you just do the same thing you were doing before. And he was like, all right, now I'm a bad guy. They're like, yeah, for sure. And then Seth Rollins effortlessly flipping from heel to babyface. And they go, how'd you do that? And he goes, oh, because I'm, I'm the best person doing this. I'm like the best wrestler in the world. So that's probably how I did it. And you're like, oh, okay. Guess I should sit under the learning tree then. Um... But I love this. I love how Seth was going in the press, talking about how they didn't want Logan Paul in their locker room, talking about how Logan Paul was an outsider, bringing up all these real life things, these sort of sort of real life stories that you always hear of, of, of wrestlers who don't want outsiders, of people who don't respect the business. He called Logan Paul a fraud on Monday Night Raw. I think that's brilliant. Go on YouTube. Everybody's making a Logan Paul is a fraud YouTube video right now. It all ties in to what's very, very real. Seth Rollins in his good guy role 
has come from a place of absolute truth that everybody has seen, everybody has talked about, everybody has produced a hot take on. And now we're bringing that to WrestleMania. I worry. Now, I'm a little less worried, right? Because two weeks in a row on Monday Night Raw, Logan Paul has knocked out Seth Rollins. So they're building Logan Paul's credibility, right? They're, and that, it was the same, right? I think I think uh, that's what he said with Roman. All he needed was one lucky punch. So they're really capitalizing on that punch and his ability or inability to hit it. Now, logic would dictate that since he lost to Roman, Logan Paul is going to beat Seth. I think Seth has done a lot of losing in the last year because he's capable of losing and still being the best. Seth is one of those rare cases who's capable of losing a lot of matches and still coming out better for it. He lost to Cody Rhodes three pay-per-views in a row. One of them, Cody Rhodes, didn't even have a peck. And he still came out looking better for it. And I marvel when stuff like that happens, but sometimes I also worry that that's going to be taken advantage of and that we're going to end up in a scenario where Seth Rollins is losing too much simply because he can. Seth Rollins should win all the matches. He's so, so great. Logan Paul knocking him out twice on Raw leads me to believe that they might be setting up Seth to get back his, which does give me some kind of relief because that's what I'm hoping for. I really want to see Seth Rollins beat Logan Paul at WrestleMania. And while, yes, Logan Paul beating Seth Rollins would set Logan up as like this sort of credible heel that you want him to be, and I get why long-term for Logan, you might have him grab that W over Seth. I just can't take much more of Seth losing. I want Seth to win some matches. I want Seth to be the champion. I want Seth to be the guy. So my brain says, yeah, you might have Seth take one more L at WrestleMania. And then, I mean, if you make Seth take that L at WrestleMania, you better put him on the winning streak of all winning streaks coming off WrestleMania. My heart says give Seth the W. My brain says give it to Logan Paul so that he can keep having these super matches. Because once Logan Paul loses regularly, it's like, who is he? to demand a match, right? I mean, everybody's talking about the idea of a Logan Paul versus John Cena match. If Logan has lost to Roman and Seth, he's not really in a place to demand a match with John Cena. I don't know. The politics of this one make it complicated. I hope it's Rollins. It probably should be Logan. We It was made official on SmackDown. We are getting Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. Now, I, I had always thought that this was gonna get to a place where a career was on the line. And it could theoretically still get to that place. But maybe there is no stipulation. We're just going to get Ray versus Dom. I would imagine that Ray will get to a point where Dom is beat. He will show some bit of remorse and Dom will take advantage of him and beat Ray Mysterio. I think that uh, while we're only getting technically depending on when this match happens, either eight or nine days of advance notice from this match being announced to the time that we're seeing this match, 
This match has been being built since, I mean, before Thanksgiving. Rey Mysterio had to leave the Raw brand to get away from Dominic because Dominic was pestering him so much. Then we got the Thanksgiving invasion. Then we got the Christmas invasion, which included the arrest. Then we got the Royal Rumble and the thought that Dom took out his dad, Ray, and cost him his Royal Rumble opportunity. Then we got the Valentine's Day, I'm going to take your table incident on social media. And now leading up to this, Dom harassing, haranguing Ray nonstop. It's been a nice build, man. It's been a really nice build, and we're all getting to this. I think the video package is going to be incredible going into this match. I think the two of them standing in the ring together, everybody's going to be feeling it. This, story-wise, may be the match that everybody leaves talking about. Um, and I think Dom wins. I think that's the only way you go. I think Dom absolutely has to win, but I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, you've got the Hell in a Cell match. Edge versus Finn Balor. Uh, like I said, this is being taped before Monday Night Raw, but I would have to believe that uh, Edge will go back to that brood influence. You know, I think that these two are going to try to pull out all the stops. The Judgment Day storyline, I think, has been far different from what Edge originally imagined it would be when he started this thing. But all that said, I think it's also worked out better, far better who would have thought that? But with the inclusion of Dominic and Rhea and everything that's been happening, I think that it has worked out far better than it would have in the original way. Uh, I think we're definitely seeing the demon. I think I think we're seeing a brood edge versus a demon Finn Balor. And because we're seeing a demon Finn Balor in the Hell in a Cell, and this hopefully and this this is how we'll know who's booking the show, right? Is it a Triple H demon from NXT? Or is it like, you know, the demon that was having heart palpitations that matched the light that fell off a broken rope against Roman Reigns? Oof. Hopefully, we get Triple H, NXT, Finn Balor, Demon back. And if that is the case, then all the fun of the Judgment Day gets wiped out. People are wondering if he'll be in purple and black or traditional red and black. Of course, purple and black would be like, oh, it's the Demon, it's the Judgment Day, he should be wearing purple. But I think that the Judgment Day has so much going along with it. There's a there, there's a tongue-in-cheek element to the Judgment Day, right? Finn Balor is kind of humorous when he's with the Judgment Day. Everything Dominic has been doing has been humorous, and the fact that Finn Balor has been backing Dominic up 100% means that we're all in on this. I think that making a purple and black demon would be like, this isn't the demon, this is the Judgment Day demon which is not nearly as threatening as the original demon. I think you got to go red and black. You got to go original, original, original demon. So it's a real threat. And you got to have the demon Finn Balor conquer brood edge in this Hell in a Cell match. Uh, you got the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus Asuka. I mean, I think Bianca Belair wins, you know. I think this is going to be a great match, right? I think that the two women involved in this match are going to make up for the lack of story that's been there. Obviously, Asuka winning the Elimination Chamber brought her to this match, and it is what it is. 
but I think that I think that you're going to see tremendous physicality in this match. I think that this match is getting uh, not a lot of attention because of how much attention is going on with the other matches on this show. And I think that Bianca and Asuka are going to show up and knock the stuffing out of each other to remind everybody why they are two of the elite-level female competitors in the WWE. But I think ultimately Bianca Belair still comes out on top. I think her reign of dominance is not over yet. When it comes to Asuka, speaking of a reign of dominance, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Charlotte Flair slipping back into heel tendencies while she was getting whatted at SmackDown. Look, I don't support the whatting, but also you got to know how to handle the what's without becoming a heel. Unless you're a heel, then you're fine. Um, I think that this has to be Rhea, right? Everybody know I'm the biggest Charlotte fan in the world. I've made no secret about that ever. But I think the the year that Rhea has had, I think the history that's being put into this match with the fact that they're acknowledging the NXT version of this match that happened at WrestleMania 36 three years ago, I think that the fact that Rhea has been so dominant over everybody, you have Rhea dominating over your men and women. If she goes to WrestleMania and doesn't win the title you know, is everybody still going to be scared of her? I think Rhea Ripley wins the SmackDown Women's Championship from Charlotte Flair. And then that's when you're looking at the Judgment Day going three for three. I'm really looking for the Judgment Day to go three for three at WrestleMania this year and come out on Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania as like, look, you can't touch us. No one can touch us. And then maybe, you know, you can you can build to something. I don't know who would come out to challenge them because they're right at that point. Maybe Randy Orton comes back to challenge Balor. Maybe AJ Styles comes back to challenge Balor. I don't know. Or Priest or whoever. But, like, there ain't no touch in the Judgment Day after WrestleMania if what I would like to see happen happens. Then we get to the two matches that I believe should be your two main events. I don't know that they will be. I'm sure... Roman and Cody will main event night two. I don't know if the Usos versus Kevin and Sammy will main event night one, but it really, really should. The undisputed tag team championship is on the line. And it's really weird listening to people like fantasy book these matches as if we haven't reached the culmination of the bloodline. I was talking to Peter Rosenberg on Cheap Heat just this week. And he's listening to the show. And he told me that Dipperstein said that he wants to see like Sami Zayn and he turns on Kevin Owens and he was with the bloodline the whole time. And but the bloodline's done, dude. The bloodline is done. The whole reason this match exists is to finally get that Sami Zayn payoff. That's the story that we're getting. We've been waiting really before January. Right, really throughout this whole bloodline story. But from the time that Sammy hit Roman Reigns with that chair, we have been waiting for Sammy to have a moment of triumph. This is the moment that he never had with the bloodline. This is the you're going to be an official oos moment that he never got with the bloodline. He didn't get it at Elimination Chamber. 
He finally gets it at WrestleMania when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn dethrone the Usos. And I don't particularly need to see Sami or Kevin turn on the other one ever again. I mean, I don't know why Sami would do it. He's like one of the top baby faces in the company. It'd be insane to just be like, oh, we don't need a second top baby face. Why would we have that? But I don't need to see either of them turn on the other one. Have them do a tag title run. They can lose the titles and then they can go their separate ways without turning on each other. Kevin Owens is super popular. Sami Zayn's even more popular. Have them both be mega good guys that team up every now and then. There's no reason not to. But in the meantime, yeah, I would have them win the Undisputed Tag Team Championship. And then if you're going to separate the titles, have them go on Raw Monday after Mania and separate the titles. Or what you could do, what you could do if you don't want to keep Kevin and Sammy together as a team, what you could do is have Kevin stay on Raw and get a new partner to be Raw Tag Team Champions and Sammy go to SmackDown and get a new partner to be the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. You could do that, but I think people will want to see KO and Sammy together for about a month or so, at least. Kind of like a, a, you know, a little bit of a victory tour as tag team champions. I don't think that's unreasonable. Uh, and then, of course, your main event of the weekend, the one that everybody's been waiting for, did Dusty see it in Roman Reigns? Can Cody Rhodes finish the story? Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns, and leading up to this match for months, we all knew it was coming, and we've all confirmed it was coming after Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble. it was kind of natural inclination that Cody would win the title. But there was this big part of me that was going, yeah, but because that inclination is there, how great would it be if Roman won the title, retained it? This is the first Roman match in God knows how long that Roman has actually felt vulnerable. The people are actually going in thinking, Maybe Roman's going to lose. Roman didn't lose to Drew at Clash at the Castle. That was a moment you'll never get back. Roman didn't lose to Sami Zayn in Montreal. That was a moment you'll never get back. Roman's got to lose to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. He has to. For the sake of the story, I mean, there's only... We've reached the pinnacle of act three. We have gotten every bit of juice we can out of this story. For the bloodline to continue beyond WrestleMania in its same form would be milking this cow dry to the point that the farm would start to become notorious for having powdered milk. I mean, it's not what you want. Leave a little something on the bone. Is there more to do with the bloodline? Sure, that's good. Leave a little something on the bone. As Cody Rhodes wins the undisputed universal WWE championship. Have him go to Monday Night Raw with the title and, and, and look at a whole new world of challengers. Bring that title 
into the light. That title has been shadowed by the immense spotlight of the bloodline for two years plus. And it's been a great two years plus. The bloodline is in the conversation for the best stories WWE has ever told. You've got Hogan Andre WrestleMania 3. You've got Hogan Savage WrestleMania 5. You've got Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30. You've got a handful of them. The bloodline is right there with all of them. But let that story be that story. Don't Friday the 13th this, where you just get more sequels and more sequels and more sequels. Hit me with a John Wick, where you go, this is the end of the story. Would you go see more John Wick movies? Yeah, but this is the end of the story. Roman's got to turn babyface at some point. Anyway, this version of Roman is a babyface. People would be into it. Paul Heyman starts managing Solo Sokoa. The Usos kind of figure out what's next. Maybe Paul Heyman sticks with the Usos. Who knows? Solo starts to go up the card and up the card and up the card, a modern-day Umaga. Maybe you've got Solo and Cody. Maybe Cody can't beat Solo, the Raw before WrestleMania. Maybe Solo's the one who takes on Cody at at uh, uh, at WrestleMania Backlash. Maybe Jey Uso takes on Cody at WrestleMania Backlash. You can still, again, it's WrestleMania Backlash. You can, you can peel off what's left of the bloodline, but ultimately, it's time to tell a new story. And this is the story. Cody Rhodes as WWE champion coming off of WrestleMania. Now, as far as rumors go, what else are we going to see? Bray Wyatt looks like he's not going to be at WrestleMania unless he is going to be at WrestleMania. We spent weeks building up Bray Wyatt versus Bobby Lashley, and then two weeks ago just stopped. There's rumors that Bray walked out. There's rumors that Bray had health issues. There's all kinds of rumors about Bray Wyatt, as there always is more questions than answers. Um, it's a shame to not have Bobby Lashley represented at WrestleMania. If you are going to have Bray do something at WrestleMania, Alexa Bliss said in an interview, I believe that she is going to be at WrestleMania. If you are going to have Bray do something at WrestleMania, have Bray do something at WrestleMania concretely. Have Bray do something at WrestleMania that is not a mystery, that is not more questions, that is not, I don't know, I don't know what that was. Bray needs to make sense. I'm the biggest Bray Wyatt fan in the world. I love Bray. I love The Fiend. I love the Wyatt family. I love the Wyatt Six. I love Mountain Dew matches. I love Bray Wyatt. Make it make sense immediately because otherwise people will not get on board. People are done trying to make sense of this. And now you brought us halfway down the road of a Bobby Lashley Bray Wyatt match and it's just not happening. If you're going to bring Bray out, have it make sense. Will The Rock be there? I doubt it. I doubt that The Rock will be there because for The Rock to be there, if he's not wrestling, if he's not involved with Roman Reigns, meh. I don't know if people are interested. And if he is involved with Roman Reigns, that takes away from Cody's story. Will Stone Cold Steve Austin be there? I would not, I don't think we'll get a match match, but I would not be surprised if LA Knight loses the Andre Battle Royal, 
shows up at WrestleMania, says that he's here to make an LA moment at an LA WrestleMania, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out and still stunts his ass. I think LA Knight getting a Stone Cold stunner from Stone Cold Steve Austin, it's like, why wouldn't you? It'd be worth the money. Nobody would be expecting there to be a full match. We did it already, but just to have that moment, I think would just work too well for everybody. So I still am expecting to see LA Knight, yeah, eat a stunner from Stone Cold Steve Austin. But either way, man, is it a solid WrestleMania on paper. Last year's WrestleMania was absolutely incredible. It was a top 10 WrestleMania, both nights combined. Does this one hold up? We shall see. And I can't wait. Let's get into these uh, emails before we say goodbye. I hope you're all going to be, by the way, at Not Sam Mania on Wednesday, uh, March 29th there at the Comedy Store. You can go to NotSamLive.com for all the deets. Uh, D'Angelo. What's the hap, Sam? Love the show as always. And have a quick pitch for Cody after Mania. Oh, boy. I envision Drew McIntyre dethroning Gunther. By pinning Sheamus and going on to be the IC champ because of star power, he can have credible feuds on SmackDown and elevate the mid-card. Okay, I, yes, I'm with you. You don't have to, yeah. Uh, this leads to the night Cody asks, what do you want to talk about? So, what do you want to talk about? You know he's going to do that. It's such a good catchphrase. Ooh, what do you want to talk about? The Raw after Mania and gets a crazy ovation interrupted by Imperium. Gunther declares that if he had not gone an hour plus in the Rumble, Cody would never have damaged him and won the title. Corey versus Gun Cody versus Gunther. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm not against Cody versus Gunther. The only reason that I'm not, and then, yeah, Gunther would have to get pinned by Cody. Um, we're going to get there. Whether it's Cody's first feud or not, Gunther is designed to be the type of opponent. Cody coming out, red, white, and blue, blonde hair. Adrenaline in my soul. Gunther coming out. Just German from head to toe. Imperium music and everything. Of course. I'm with you, dude. I don't know if I need it the Raw after Mania, but I know I wouldn't be mad at it at the Raw after Mania. So, D'Angelo, that's further than most people get when they email in here. I get cranky when I read emails. Brad! Hello, Sam. I know it's early, but what match do you think will headline WrestleMania 40 in Philly? Roman versus Rock. I still think, I think Roman versus Rock. You know, I think, uh, I think Roman is going to go on a part-time schedule. And I think it'll be like, that'll be the super match. You know, I think, I wouldn't mind seeing Roman versus Rock and then Seth versus Cody with Seth, the challenging babyface, and Cody, the heel champion. WrestleMania 40 in Philly. I would love to see those two matches headline. Good question, Brad. Daniel, I'm bored with uh, most of your picks from the latest podcast. One change, not this one, obviously. One change. Oh, 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 this was the main events, the WrestleMania main events. Batista versus The Undertaker from WrestleMania 23. The winner of the Royal Rumble that year, should have went on last based on both stature of the two participants, Undertaker winning at the end, and for the quality of match they ended up putting on, which we wouldn't have known going in. Sean and Cena had a better match that later that year on Raw, so I always look back at this one a bit puzzled. Yeah, but I, I you know, I think uh, 
I still stand by Sean and Cena going on last. I think that they were building Cena as like the next top guy. And I think that Sean, like that was a, a, a moment where you got to flirt with Sean being a heel again. Like Sean being not willing to put somebody over. He didn't actually say that, but that was always the vibe of that. I, I thought that the Sean Cena match had a far more compelling story than Batista and Undertaker. Also, I don't think you need to end WrestleMania with The Undertaker beating your new guy, Batista. I can't, I still say Sean and Cena. And Sean and Cena had a better match later that year on Raw, yes. But the WrestleMania match was still incredible. It's part of that streak that Sean was on. I mean, what do you, what was it? The angle match? Then the Vince match, then Cena, then Flair, then Undertaker, then Undertaker. Yeah, I'm not taking Sean out of the main event of that WrestleMania. Uh, oh, Shiamo. Oh, this is a good question. If you were to compose an AEW Mount Rushmore, who would be on it? Well, I mean, look, I could easily tell you that AEW's Mount Rushmore is Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks. And I don't think you get a ton of argument from that. But that's the least fun answer I've ever heard in my life. So I'm not doing that because that's not fun. So I'm going to put on my AEW Mount Rushmore because it's about the foundation. It's about the future. It's about doing things different and prosperity. I can't remember what the each head of Mount Rushmore means, but they do all symbolize something. I would put Cody on as the foundation and the history. I would put Mox on as cementing them in the ground. So Cody, Mox. I would put MJF on, you'd have to, as what we're capable of building. Cody, Mox, MJF. And then probably Kenny. Probably, probably Kenny. It'd be tough to do it without Kenny. Cody, Mox, MJF, and Kenny. Depending, and you know, a year from now, I might tell you I'll put Punk on there instead of Kenny, depending on what Punk does with AEW, but I can't do that just yet. Uh, that wasn't a bad one. Uh, PD. <laughs> he said he made this concise. What the fuck is going on with Bray Wyatt? Asks PD. I don't know. And I know this PD. He's one of the Patreon members. He's as big a Bray Wyatt fan as I am, maybe even bigger. And even he is sitting there going like, what is going on? And I don't think that this is just what's going on with him today. It's like, what has the last year been? That has to be answered if Bray's coming back. Has to be. Quickly. Oh boy, here's a long one. Michael says, what's the hap, Sam? I don't know if you plan on dedicating an episode uh, of the podcast to this subject, but I had a question regarding Rock versus Roman potential match. Do you think Roman needs to keep the title? Continue his run as a dominant force in WWE, the bloodline? No, 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 no. For a potential match with The Rock to have as much buzz or for it to be a memorable match? No. If the match was happening this year at WrestleMania, it would be the hottest thing in wrestling in a while. I mean, I would argue that the bloodline is already the hottest thing in wrestling in a while. 
I would argue that the Sammy Roman story has been the hottest thing in wrestling in a while. But if Roman loses to Cody, the bloodline falls apart and the match happens next year at Mania, does it still have the same juice? I don't think so, but what are your thoughts? Yes, I do, because it would all depend on what you do with Roman for the next year. I think that if the bloodline falls apart, Roman's not a loser. I think Roman goes into part-time status. The world goes on without him. And when Roman makes his return, he comes back with a vengeance. Roman now becomes Brock Lesnar. Roman is a babyface who comes back as a destroyer to destroy people that are doing things incorrectly. And if you and if that works, and the fans are now behind this version of Roman as a babyface, and whenever Roman does come back, he's an absolute destroyer, then Roman versus The Rock might have even more. Right? Roman, you've already taken your, your seat at the throne. You're already part-time. You're already the man who comes back and seeks justice and vengeance upon everybody. But you ain't The Rock. Now we've got Roman versus The Rock. Maybe even we get a little taste of Hollywood Rock. Have The Rock come back as a heel and Roman as a babyface. I wouldn't mind that. Rock brings up Royal Rumble and that face when everybody was booing him. Roman says, yeah, I don't know that Roman anymore. That Roman's dead. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Your boy, Chef Coop, says, longtime listener since back in 2015 when I worked as a chef for a treatment center. The clients really like listening too. I love it. I still listen weekly as a catering chef. Hopefully your guys you work with still like it. My friend and I got tickets for Not Sam Mania early and can't wait to go. I can't wait to see you there, dude. Um, oh, will there be an option for a photo op or any merch for purchase? Well, the T-shirt's available on the website. I don't know if we'll have any in stock at the venue, but you know, you've got the shirt. I'll be there taking photos, of course. Um, is there any percent you think The Rock shows up at WrestleMania night two? Any chance you think The Rock's gonna show up? I'm not gonna say there's a 0% chance that The Rock shows up. I think there's always the chance that the that Cody Rhodes wins the title and then Roman is left laying in the ring. And maybe, maybe like, maybe, okay, what about this? Cody wins the title. He has a celebration, right? Now Roman is left in the ring. He can't believe he's lost. Heyman goes, you know, I, 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 I don't know what happened. And he still puts the lay on Roman's neck, right? Roman is like looking like so distraught. He's, he can't even get to his feet. He's sitting in the corner with this lay on his neck with his head in his hands. The Rock's music hits. The Rock takes the lay. Rock comes to the ring. He looks down at the Rock, at Roman Reigns and he shakes his head and he takes the lay off of Roman Reigns and he walks out with it. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't do anything. He just takes the lay from the tribal chief. And without saying a word, we know that The Rock is actually the tribal chief and not Roman Reigns. And then that bill, and then Roman goes away for a while. And when Roman comes back, he gets dominant again. He's a baby face again. He goes after whoever Paul Heyman's got. You know, he goes on that track until we get towards WrestleMania 40 and The Rock shows up with that lay. Going, Roman, you, you want to take this back? You're not the head of the table, Roman because you couldn't get the job done at WrestleMania. And Roman goes, I couldn't get the job done at WrestleMania 39, but how about, how about I get the job done at WrestleMania 40 and I take that from you? 
And that's where Roman becomes the head of the table as a babyface. How about that? Huh? How about that? Huh? Cornelius. Um, in a previous email, you shot down my idea of Ray versus Dom. That doesn't sound like something I do. And in the March 20th episode of your podcast, you didn't even bring this up as a suggestion as a main event for Mania this year. It's not. Yes, Ray will be retiring this year. That's why he's going into the Hall of Fame. So it's obviously his last match. No, it isn't. They haven't even hinted at that. Nobody's even sort of hinted at this being Ray's last match. It's unprecedented that there'd be an active competitor that's a Hall of Famer as well, but nobody yet at the time of this recording has said this is Ray's last match. Rey Mysterio is a legend. His son is doing great in the buildup to this match. is phenomenal. So the fact that this, ma this match isn't getting the attention and respect that it deserves is like you said about the audience. Uh, it's a disgrace. Like when you said uh, about the audience... It's a disgrace to the wrestling business about what chance? Well, this is a disgrace because we aren't getting Ray versus Dominic enough attention. We're giving it all the attention. Are you nuts? It will main event night one of Mania, and I hate to say I told you so. It's not going to main event night one. It's not a the biggest story. It's, I mean, I don't know, Cornelius, like, I understand that this is the thing that you like the most, and that's totally fair. And this is an amazing story, but, like, why not just allow this to be an amazing story? Why do you have to go, and if it doesn't main event, then it's not fair. It doesn't, it's not going to main event. Kofi Mania didn't main event, you know? I mean, it's not going to main event. But it's still going to be one of, if not the best told stories of whatever night of WrestleMania it's on. It's going to be awesome. Don't get all in a tizzy. It's going to be incredible. That doesn't mean it's going to main event. Guys, I appreciate you. I hope I see a bunch of you at uh, 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 Not Sam a Mania. I can't wait for this WrestleMania week. I'll see you then. Have a good one, everybody.